0: Diwali, the Festival of Lights, is a vibrant and colorful celebration that marks the victory of light over darkness and good over evil. We invite you to celebrate Diwali with a drive through two and a half miles of sparkling lights at the Bull Run Festival of Lights in Centerville, Virginia. The Bull Run Festival of Lights is open November 10th through January 7th. Save time and money by purchasing a ticket online at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com.
1: were over. I'm ready to hear then do your word which I'm about to receive which makes all things new in Jesus name amen father speak to us today this is the day that makes us different than any other belief system on the earth why because you can go to the grave site of every other religion that has ever existed and that leader will be found But you cannot go to the place where they laid you. Because 2,000 years ago, when it looked bad, when it looked like it wasn't going to get good, 2,000 years ago, you got up. And when your disciples, and they came looking for you, they said, Listen, whom you are looking for, he's not here anymore. He is risen. And can I get you to release a praise across America and around the world that Jesus is not in the grave he's not on the cross he is risen come on say it with me he is risen a third time say it with me he is risen come on clap your hands and tell god thank you So listen, let's go. We are in a series called A New Altitude, uh, looking at words that end in U-D-E, U-D, as they affect our altitude. What's your altitude? How high you can go? I don't care how low you feel. I'm going to tell you if Jesus increased his altitude and he got up, I'm going to tell you you can increase your altitude and you can get up. For every person watching me online right now that feels like you're in a low place, I need you to type this on the screen. I'm getting up. I need you not to let depression, not to let anxiety, not to let fear and not to let panic keep you down. I'm here to tell you it's time for you to go to a new altitude. Now, the words uh, that in, in UDE, the suffix, it means to take action and to change something. And can I be honest with you? Many people sometimes sitting back waiting on change when they need to make a change. Watch me. Many people sit back waiting on somebody else to take action when they need to take action themselves. But I need you to open your mouth and say I'm taking action this year. Come on, say it. Say I'm taking action this decade. Now you're not sitting back passive like you used to last year or last decade. Baby, you're going to be active because God's ready to take your life to another altitude. And there's some changes in you that need to Match what God's about to do. I need you to type that on the screen. A new altitude. A new altitude. A new altitude. If you haven't shared this on YouTube or Facebook yet, make sure you share this because somebody needs to hear this. Wednesday's message we was called this. Let's get denued. Now, not let's get in the denued. Keep your clothes on. Even if it's hot in here. I'm going to need you to keep them on. Put the air on. Watch me. It's let's get denued. Now, that word denued means to uncover. And we learn that God was hardening the heart of Pharaoh 10 times not to let the Hebrews go. God's people, the Hebrews, they were in slavery for 430 years. Can you imagine every generation of your bloodline knowing nothing but bondage? See, this is why you had to be born, because there needed to be a curse breaker in the bloodline. There needed to be somebody that would be the interruption to the bloodline. And when Moses is born, Moses becomes that curse breaker. He becomes that interruption because God was going to use him to set his people free. Can I be honest with you? The hell you've been through was not for you. Mm the hell you've been through was because god's gonna use you to set somebody else free you didn't go through that situation with a bad relationship just for you you use it so when somebody else comes to you talking about their bad relationship you can say let me tell you about the god that got me through mine you didn't go through that bad financial issue for nothing you went through it so you can go tell somebody else. The same God that got me out because I'm a faithful giver is the same God. I need you to type that on the screen. Same God, same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And whatever he did back then, baby, he's going to do again. So, so God's people are in 430 years of slavery. God uses Moses to bring them out of slavery. And when he's doing this, God says, Moses, go tell people or Pharaoh to let the people go. God then told Moses, when you ask him, I'm going to tell him to say, no, I'm going to harden his heart. God did this 10 times. Now, he did this for two reasons. Somebody say two reasons. The first was to get the glory over the Egyptians. I need you to hear me. God is going to get the last word with your enemies. I need you to stop clapping back and trying to get even because God says, I'm going to get the glory over every hater. Let's talk. Over every person that sabotaged you, over every person that used you, over every person that wasted your time. For some of you today, you know what you need to do? You need to let go of your bitterness because some of you are bitter because of who broke your heart. And I need you to hear me. God says, I'm going to get the last word. Can you just open your mouth and say, God's going to get the last word? God. Now, I need you to hear me cuz sometimes it feels like God's letting them get away. He's not letting them get away. He's letting it be set up so he gets the last word. But then secondly, secondly, God uses Pharaoh and he hardens Pharaoh's heart to make Moses get denuded. That means to uncover. See, Moses couldn't see his own pride. So, he makes Pharaoh's pride a mirror because often your enemies help you see your enemy. Can I be honest with you? There's a lot about your enemy that's in you. What's an enemy, Bishop? Anything that opposes your forward progress. So an enemy is a noun, person, place, thing, or idea that opposes your forward progress. And often you can't see you. So God will put something in front of you that's against you so you can learn what's really going on in you. See, the reason your enemies get under your skin sometimes is because there's a lot of similarities. Ooh, y'all don't want to talk now. The reason your enemies work your last nerve sometimes is because you're seeing yourself in them. And what I need you to do is get denuded. I need you to get denude. I need you to let God uncover what's in you that he's trying to show you through your enemy. I need you to stop being mad at your enemy, and I need you to open your mouth and say, Thank God for my enemies. Come on Uh uh-uh listen you know how to say thank you jesus but let me tell you how you know you at another altitude you can say thank you judas is there anybody that can be thankful for your enemies on this resurrection sunday so watch so watch watch this watch this moses needed to see himself so god uses pharaoh as a mirror so god keeps hardening pharaoh's heart because moses doesn't get it stop how much longer is God going to have to keep you on the merry-go-round until you get it? I need you to open your mouth and say, Lord, I'm ready. Come on. Lord, ready. See, look, Proverbs 16, 18 says that pride causes destruction and falls. Watch me. Destruction and falls translate to this. Unnecessary affliction. Stop. Affliction's one thing. But going through affliction I didn't have to go through, that's a whole nother thing. It means unnecessary affliction, unnecessary breaches, unnecessary breaking, unnecessary bruises, unnecessary crashing. What's that mean? Your plane loses altitude. Let's go. And unnecessary hurting. So look at me, y'all. The 10 plagues. Watch me. They were unnecessary, but God made them useful y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me today they were unnecessary but god made them useful can we have a real honest moment for about five seconds every screw-up and every mistake that we've ever had or ever made while it may have been unnecessary you better hear me in this year and in this decade god's gonna make it useful I need you to stop beating yourself up. Some of you, you keep kicking yourself. And how stupid was I? And how dumb was I? And why did I do that? And I shouldn't have did that. Yeah, it may have been unnecessary, but it's about to be useful. I need you to type that on the screen and say, it's about to be useful. Yeah, that bad financial decision, it's about to be useful. You're about to watch God bring you from the bottom to the top. That bad relationship decision, it's about to be useful. You're about to watch God make you you watch me watch you make you a relationship guru. Somebody said it's about to be useful. useful. So watch me. Leading up to what would be known as the feast of the Passover, it was hell for the Hebrews. The the night in which they are dismissed by Pharaoh after the 10th plague and sent out of Egypt, that night is called the feast of the Passover. It's called the feast of the Passover because Pharaoh dismisses them so quickly out of Egyptian slavery. Ten times he said no. This last time he says Go. You better hear me. Your Noah's about to become a go. Y'all don't know when to say nothing right there. Your Noah's about to, about to become a go. You know what go means? Go means, baby, go on and pull that nose of your plane up because you're about to take off. You're about to go to a new... Uh, you're going to say, thank you for telling me no. Thank you for messing with me. Thank you for hurting me. Thank you for betraying my My is about to become a... So, he sends them out so fast that they don't have time for the bread that they were making to prove. So it's unleavened. And so that night, that night, it's called the feast of the Passover. It's the Passover because every place the blood of the lamb was placed on the doorpost of their house, the death angel had to pass over. Now, can I be honest, though? It was hell for them. Say hell. It was hell for them, y'all, uh, for the Hebrews, because those 10 plagues, watch me, were their process to get denuded. You missed it. The plagues were their process to get denuded. I'm going to say it one more time so you get it. The plagues were their process. You'll catch it in a minute. The plagues are your process. Mm-hmm. Which means even though they were unnecessary, they're going to be useful. And you're going to look back and say, it was good that I was afflicted that I might learn the word of the Lord so check this out, God was trying to get them to get denuded. he was trying to uncover them, what do you mean Bishop, God didn't just want them out of Egypt, he wanted Egypt out of them, especially Moses pride, because he was ready to take them to a new altitude, but the plagues did more than just make them get denuded. so I need you to look at me, God doesn't just want you out of hell, he wants hell out of you see, many people you get out of it, but it's still in you so you create a new it Mm. I'm going to say it again You get out of it, but it's still in you, so you create a new it. And for many of you, can we be honest? There's been some areas of your life where if you're honest, you keep going through the same cycles, and you keep going through the same circles, and you think it's the devil. And God says, no, you won't get denuded. God says, you won't uncover the realities of what's going on. So God says, I don't just want you out of your mess. I want mess out of you, because you watch me. At a new altitude, you can't be messy. Y'all ain't said nothing with me. Uh, at a new altitude, you can't be a gossip. At a new attitude, you can't be arrogant. At a new altitude, you can't be prideful. At a new altitude, you can't walk around having attitudes with people. Because the one you have an attitude with might be the one that's about to sign your altitude upgrade. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But he did more than just get them the nude. You ready? He gave them what we're talking about today. He gave them and taught them fortitude. Ooh. Say fortitude. Fortitude is something he taught them. How do you know he taught them fortitude? Because 10 times he makes Moses, get up, go ask, he's going to say no. Get up, go ask, he's going to say no. Say it with me. Get up, go ask, he's going to say no. Go. Get up, go ask, he's going to say no. Here's what's crazy about that. You would think that at some point, something in them would make them say, I can't do this no more. But God says, I need to teach you fortitude. You're going to get this in a minute. You would think that at some point they would say, I'm just too despondent. I'm just too depressed. I just got too much fear. I just have too much panic. God says, you're going to learn fortitude. He says, watch me. Your process is about to purge your pride and teach you fortitude. I need you to open your mouth and say, I have fortitude. Come on, y'all. Say it like you mean it. Say, I have fortitude. What is fortitude? Here's the definition. It means a firmness of mind. That's good to me. Here's what that means. I will myself to do it right, even if wrong is coming. Y'all miss me right there. I will myself. What does it mean I will myself? The other day, so I've lost, uh, to God be the glory, 95 pounds, all natural, through making uh, changes to my eating and all that. And here's why I share that with you. I have a simple routine. People all the time are trying to get me on these new routines and all that. And I say, listen, I need to stick with what works. Some of y'all keep trying new and you ain't mastered old. Mm. <laughs> you trying to t- try new this and try new that and try new that. Baby, you need, watch me. They used to say it like this. You can't lose with the stuff I use. And so people are always trying to get me on new routines, but I have a routine. And, and so one of the things I do every single night is I do ab rolls. And when I travel, like I use the ab rolling, but it's the machine. So it does, you don't just go out, but it'll come back at you. You know, you push it out and it'll come back at you. And when I travel, I can't take that with me, so I have to make up for it when I get back. So when I travel, I normally do quick trips because I'm not trying to do several hundred of those when I get back. Y'all not saying nothing. The other day, the other day, the other day, now think about it, we're on social distancing, we're on quarantine. The other day, uh, it was in the evening time, and I looked at the ab machine. And I was like, you know what? I'ma just do them in the morning. It was amazing to me. Listen, you've been resting all day. <laughs> y'all ain't said that. Because some of y'all, are like, I just don't have no time. Baby, you ain't got nothing but time. I looked at the thing. I said, I just do them in the morning. I just do them in the morning. I just do them in the morning. Anybody ever been there? I just do them in the morning. I just do them in the morning. And then immediately the Holy Ghost said, No, you will do it now. He said, I said, but I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. He says, no, you will make yourself do it. Come here, here's what fortitude is. I'll make myself do right even if wrong is coming against me. Can I be honest? You got to stop being led by your emotions and your feelings because they will make you do the wrong stuff. You got to tell yourself, I'm going to do right even if wrong is going on all around me. Watch me. It means a firmness of mind. Which enables one to encounter danger. Here's the definition with coolness and courage. Which means when I'm dealing with danger, I'm gonna keep my cool and I'm gonna have courage. See, some of y'all sw- watch me, you let the enemy see you sweat. And there's some stuff you need to just let roll off of your back. You need to stop trying to treat every little thing and every little issue. Every problem that there is is not yours to solve. Sometimes you got to just say, well, baby, that's their problem. That is not my problem. And I do not, I, I can't be burdened with other people's problems and other people's burdens. Because many of you, the reason you feel so tired ain't because of what you got to handle, it's because you're trying to handle everybody. You're carrying everybody else's weight. And you're not created to carry their weight. You're created to carry your own. Watch me. Coolness and courage. I just need you to type that on the screen. I'm cool and I got courage. Which means while I'm, watch me, when I'm I'm dealing with frustration, I still, watch me, I'm still suited and booted. When I'm dealing with frustration, you never know because I handle it so well, you would know I'm dealing with hell. Come on here. I got coolness and I got courage. Here's the next definition. To bear pain or adversity. Watch this. This is about to mess you up. Without murmuring. See, see, it's one thing to be in pain. It's another thing to be in pain. Watch me. And not murmur. Watch me. Not complain. Here's what the definition says to not get into depression. Mm to not get into despondency where you just feel like, oh, what's the point? I need you to hear me. There's a point. Here's the point. God's about to use you to go to a new altitude to show everybody in your bloodline, to show everybody on your job, to show everybody around you that God is. Watch me. Watch me. It took a while for them to go from frustration to fortitude. took a while to go from frustration to fortitude because, because, Bishop, what's the process look like? They start out frustrated. That first plague, that first plague, Pharaoh tells them, go back, not only am I not letting you go, but now I want you to make bricks, watch me, with no straw. And the amount of bricks you have to make are going to be the same amount you had to make before. And You want to know how they responded? Say how, Bishop? How? They responded with frustration. See, you can't be released from your process until your response is right. I need y'all to say something to me. You cannot be released from your process until your response is right. So in the first plague, they complained. They went to Moses and said, Moses, how did you do this to us? You did evil to us. Leave us alone. This is a mess. How are we going to do this? But if you keep watching in the Bible, you'll discover eventually they just shut up and did it. And I'm in to speak it into somebody's life. You keep giving God your opinion and God says, I want your obedience. I don't need to hear all of this, that, and the other. Sometimes God says, I just need, not sometimes, all the time. God says, I just need you to obey all that is talking you're doing. Let's be honest. And we like to talk. And let's be honest. Right now, because you're spending a lot more time by yourself, watch me, a lot of your conversations are getting interesting. Because you may say, well, I didn't murmur to anybody else, but you murmured to yourself. <laughs> no, but I didn't complain to anybody else, but you complained to yourself. It took 10 plagues for them to finally just hush and obey. Y'all remember that old song, Hush? I need a few of y'all to type that on the screen. Hush, hush, hush. Somebody's calling my name. Let me, let me tell you this. It took 10 plagues. But why? Say, why did it take 10? Because 10, I've taught you, is the number of divine perfection. Which means this, God says, I have set up some plagues. The plagues are unnecessary, but I'm going to make them useful. The plagues will be your process to get denuded and to get fortitude. Y'all still with me? Now, he says, so that you know I'm behind it, there's going to be 10 of them because I'm going to use your enemy to perfect something in you. You missed it. I'm going to use your nose to perfect something in you. I'm going to use your betrayal to perfect something in you. I'm going to use your hurt to perfect something in you. Which means, watch me, what was meant for evil, God is using to perfect. Because can we be honest? You're smarter today. You're wiser today. You're better today watch me you've got a better sense of what's going on today can we be honest you are better today than you've been your whole life and i need you to get ready because it's about to get better come on i need you to release a praise right there matter of fact i want us all across america and around the world on this resurrection someday because this is the day jesus went to a new altitude this is the day you're going to a new altitude i need you to open your mouth for five seconds and release a praise one two three give him glory right there Come on, give him glory right there. Five, four, three, two, one. Come on in here. Somebody say, I'm going to a new altitude. So here we are in the 10th plague. Here's what happens. The firstborn die of the Egyptian son and livestock. Now, not just their sons, but their livestock. Why did it happen like that? Because God says, I don't want y'all to think That this was just coincidental like they poisoned all of the sons when they were at school or something he said i need you to know i'm behind this Mm. so i'm gonna get the firstborn of your sons and the firstborn of your livestock which took us on wednesday we ended here or we got here rather exodus 12 and 13 the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are watch me and when i see everybody shouted The blood. Come on, say it with me. Say when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall. Say your name to destroy. Say your name when I'm dealing with the Egyptians. Here's what I love about God. God says, listen, if you stay covered, you won't face calamity. For some of you, watch me, you got to make sure that during this time, you're not detaching from church. I know it's digital, but don't detach from church. Don't detach from prayer. Don't detach from worship. Why? Because as long as you stay covered, ain't going to be no calamity. You better hear me. As long as you stay covered, there won't be calamity. But if you get yourself uncovered now, watch me, there's nothing that can cover you so that it passes over. I need you to release this on the screen and say, I'm going to stay covered. Come on. Question is, though, what does this have to do? With Jesus, what does this have to do with resurrection Sunday? Here it is. Let me show you. In Matthew chapter 26, let me show you what this has to do with Jesus. Verse 1 says this. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, verse 2, you know that after two days, say it with me, the Passover is coming. And what's going to happen at Passover? And the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. When? The Passover. Now, why does he refer to himself here as the son of man? Look at me. Stay with me. Pay attention. Son of man is a biblical phrase that means God born of a woman. God born of a woman. Now, Jesus is what we call, you've heard me use this term, the theanthropos. 100% God 100% man. So much God you can't believe he's a man. So much man you can't believe he's God. Look at me. Here's what happens. He literally, when he is on that cross, the Bible says that all of our sin is laid on him. You missed it. (laughs) He became everything wrong with us so we could become everything good in him y'all missed it and the bible says that that was the day that he would be delivered up to be crucified here's what i need you to get what does this have to do with the hebrews well remember the firstborn of the egyptian sons where were the egyptians they were the enemies to god when he was on the cross he became an enemy to himself y'all not saying nothing so that he could pay the price for us so that today you and i could have life and life more abundantly somebody say thank you jesus Listen, he said, this is the day I'm going to be delivered up to be crucified. But check this out, y'all. What they meant to take him down is what lifted him up. Why, Bishop? Because affliction increases your altitude. You miss me. Affliction increases your altitude. Bishop, what do you mean by that? In John chapter 12, verse number 32, stay with me, it's on the screen. In John 12, 32, look at what Jesus says. Because, see, what your enemy doesn't understand is that, watch me, what they mean to take you down is really what's about to set you up. Bishop, how do you know it? Read the Bible. And when I am lifted up, stop. Ooh, 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 this is good to me. I had. To, I just. It's so good. Sometimes you just come out with random sounds. Listen, Jesus did not die the death. Watch me. That he should have, if it was a religious death. As a Hebrew, the religious death would have been that they stoned him to death. He died a political death. Crucifixion was a Roman form of punishment. That means. Look at me. That means. They didn't kill him just because of what he was doing to church. They killed him because of how he was changing the world. You better hear what I'm saying. So watch me. When he did uh, pronounce this, because remember, who was accusing him? The Jews were coming against him and saying, crucify him, crucify, him, crucify him. And that's a biblical fact. That's not anti-Semitic, that's a biblical fact. All right? It's a biblical fact. This is Bible. It's his Bible. But we ain't even mad, though. Somebody say, I ain't even mad, though. I ain't even mad. When he mad, because watch me, what they thought was going to kill him, what they did not understand. Look at what he says. And when I am lifted up from the earth, what does that mean? When they put that cross and stood it upright. See, when they stood it upright, that was supposed to be the end of him. And he was going to bleed out and die. But what they did not know is he said, when I'm lifted up from the earth, what am I going to do? I'm going to draw all men unto myself which means thank you for trying to take me out because when you tried to take me out you put me on thank you for trying to take me down because when you took me down you set me up my affliction increases my altitude and just like Jesus it's the same for you and I say my affliction increases my altitude look at verse 33 let's go he said this to show By what kind of death, he was going to die. He said, let me tell you what they're going to do. Jesus said, they're not going to just crucify me in church, Jesus said. He said, they're going to crucify me with, watch me, with a political death. Because when they do that, they're going to give me authority. Look at me. See, wherever you're afflicted is where you're anointed. So when they afflicted him politically, he got power politically. When they afflicted him. So this is why we talk about at Harvest, we talk about the seven spheres of society that we're supposed to dominate and influence. Arts and entertainment, media, education, government, family, spirituality. I'm missing one. Church. Church. <laughs> Y'all ready? Here, here's the deal here's the deal and media excuse me i said spirituality so that's church but you know same thing media that's the other one check this out why are we supposed to have authority there because of how he died wow. look at me please why are we supposed to have authority there he didn't say if i'm lifted up i'll draw church people to me he didn't say if i'm lifted up i'll draw hebrews to me go back to the prior verse he says if i am lifted up i will draw who everybody i'm here to tell you i don't care who said god don't love you let every man be a lie and let god be the truth i don't care who feels disqualified because you don't look like regular church folk god loves you i don't care who said god can't love you because you got this issue you got that issue you do this you do that god says i died for everybody and i'm drawing not just church folk i'm drawing all people And some of you need to share this right now because you got some family folk right now. You got some friends right now that say, I can't do the church thing because, you know, I got this issue. I got this issue. I got this issue. He didn't just die for church folk. He died for everybody so everybody could participate in church. So listen. So listen. Like the Hebrews, that week of the Passover was hell for Jesus. Can, Can I just get you to say it was rough? On Friday night, we did this thing. Uh, it was just, we were talking, and we called it Friday Night Live. And, and, and here's the thing. It's amazing is that we were talking about everything Jesus went through that week. He went through hell. But you need to hear me. Deliverance always starts with dilemmas. <clears throat> See, people started doubting him. After that, look at me. He serves. <laughs> Watch As people are doubting him and talking about him and saying he's not who he says he is. He kneels down to serve those that are sent to serve him. See, watch this. When you're going through hell, don't stop your serve. Jesus kneels down and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples. And one of them said, You can't touch my feet. And listen, I would have been like, Great, because these dogs look rough. No moisturizer. Y'all ain't saying nothing. No regular showers, like, you know, all that. day was probably a little rough, I'm just saying. So much so, Mary Magdalene had to go get, watch this, a whole bottle just to put on feet to make them smell good. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Look, here's the deal. Check this out, check this out, check this out. He washes his disciples' feet. Then, when they're sitting, having the feast of the Passover, he prophesies, watch me, Judas's betrayal. What's interesting to me in John 13, 30, once he prophesies Judas's betrayal, Judas gets up and leaves the table. You missed it. He prophesies Ju- Judas will betray him, and Judas gets up and leaves the table. Can I tell you something I've learned? For every leader, hear me right now. Always pay attention to who's not present when you pour. Always pay attention to who's not present when you pour, because you're trying to figure out who Judas is. They got up and left when you started pouring. Let's move, let's move, let's move, let's move, let's move. He prophesies Peter's denial. And then he pours into his team for hours and hours and hours and hours. But this has been hell. But he still pours. Look at me. Don't let the enemy cause you to shut down. Because if you shut down, Listen, you're going to stay down, but I need everybody to open up your mouth and say, I will not shut down. I will not. Mm -mm. I need you to learn how to keep it moving, because after all of that, he goes to pray. And watch Jesus's fortitude from Matthew 26 and verse 36. Can I just walk you through it and we out of here? I said, can I walk you through it and we out of here? Jesus has been through hell. And at the end of doing all of that, he says to his guys, y'all, let's go. I need to pray. Because I'm about to deal with some pain. Sometimes in life you can sense when something's about to be painful. And rather than avoiding it, you need to go into prayer. I don't know who that's for, but sometimes you can sense this might be a little rough. And that's when you need to go in prayer. You don't retreat, you advance. Watch this. Matthew 26:36. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. Say Gethsemane. Yes, Gethsemane means pressing and blessing at the same time. Can I share something with you? The same thing that presses you is going to be the same thing that blesses you. If you avoid the press, then you can't get the bless. I'm going to say it another way. If you avoid the press, you can't get the blessing. Can I speak this over your life? I declare you've got fortitude like you've never ever had before. You've got a firmness of mind that's going to give you the ability to be cool and have courage in the middle of your pressing. Somebody say, I have fortitude. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. A couple of things. One, fortitude excludes. He tells the 11, because Judas is gone, y'all stay over here. We're going to read in the next verse. He tells Peter, James, and John, y'all come with me. Which means you can't take everybody everywhere all the time. Which takes me to the second point, is that fortitude faces solitude. <laughs> what you mean? Let's keep reading. Here it is. Verse 37, and taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Now, watch me. He he had to deal with his process. Look at me. And even though people were around him, it was his process. I need you to catch this. Because sometimes you get mad that people don't help you carry your weight, but that's your weight. There are certain things that come with your seat that you, watch me, instead of running from, you need to ask for the fortitude to handle. See, you're a curse breaker, so you know what comes with that being talked about by your blood. Y'all ain't saying nothing, but that comes with your seat. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? So look, verse 37, and take with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Wait a minute. This is God. And God. Feel sorrow watch me and troubled I need you to catch that because sometimes we see him in his Superman form and he is but very rarely do we pay attention to when he's in his Clark Kent form what do you mean Bishop because in his Clark Kent form his humanity says I'm sorrowful and I'm troubled troubled troubled. he says Look at verse 38. Then he said to them, my soul, my, what is your soul? Your mind, your thoughts, your will, your emotions is very sorrowful. So look at me. He felt it. Then he said it. I need you to catch that because sometimes we think God doesn't understand. Oh, he understands quite well. Sometimes you think, well, God, God just don't care about me. Oh, no, he understands quite well what it is to be betrayed, to be hurt, to be let down, to be sorrowful. Watch me. He says, my soul is very sorrowful. Watch me. Even to death. Look at me. Jesus wanted to die. Now, that's crazy because your punishment so that we can have life is that you got to die for us. So why is he sorrowful to the point he wants to die before he has to die? It's because of, watch me, the why behind the die. See, watch me. He's like, I'm going to have to give up my life so that others can have life. I'm going to have to give up my existence so that others can have life and life more abundantly. And for a while, they're going to think they beat me. You ever didn't mind doing something, but the why was important? (laughs) Jesus is like, my soul is sorrowful to the point to where he begins. Y'all ready for this? Are you ready for that? You ain't never heard this about your Savior. To the point to where he's thinking thoughts that are borderline suicidal. Because he says, I got to give my life. And they're going to beat me. And they're going to flog me. And they're going to put a crown of thorns on me. But I'm God. But in this moment, watch me. Fortitude means I've got to face, come on here, I got to face the reality. Can I say it to you this way? Fortitude keeps it 100. What does that mean, keep it 100? Fortitude keeps it real. See, pride conceals what needs to be revealed. Jesus tells them, guys, this, this, this is rough. Ooh, it's rough. It's rough. Can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you? There's nothing wrong with having human moments, just don't stay there. There's nothing wrong with having moments where, but listen, I need you not to stay there. Matter of fact, I need you to type this on the screen and open your mouth and say, "Say I will not stay stuck in my emotions. Come on, Sam. I will not stay stuck in my emotions. So watch what he says. Remain here and watch with me. Now, watch with me means this. It means be vigilant. What does that mean? Look out for danger. So Jesus says, y'all stay with me. Over there, though. Because remember, fortitude has to deal with... Solitude. I got to go handle this by myself, but I need y'all to have my back. You ready? See, fortitude means even if you fail at having my back, I know God's got it. Because there's some people who failed at having your back. They were supposed to be dependent on They were supposed to be counted on You needed them to do what they said they were going to do, and they didn't do it. And you said, I just can't believe so-and-so. I can't believe so-and-so. And And you better hear me. Listen, sometimes people are going to sleep on you. Let's talk. Sometimes people are going to not do what it is that you expect them to do. And I need you. Watch me. I need you not to stay stuck in frustration. I need you to move forward in fortitude. Somebody say, I've got fortitude. Come on. So listen, verse 39. And going a little further, he failed. Somebody say, he failed. On his face and prayed. Two things I want you to see. Fell there means he was beat down. Jesus has had a hell of a week. Literally. He falls to his face. Means to lie prostrate. So he's laying on the ground with his face in the ground. And with his face in the ground. Watch me. Y'all ready? With his face in the ground, he literally feels beat down. He's like, this is a lot. At one time for one man. Can we talk? You ever had a moment where you thought to yourself, this is a lot for one woman at one time. Come on, let's talk. This is a lot for one man. You ever felt like you're the only one doing anything to get anything done around you? Jesus, he feels beat down. And then he prays. Watch me. Fortitude focuses. Ooh. Because when he feels beat down, watch me, he doesn't complain. Because remember, fortitude means you don't complain. See, when your response is right, watch me, you, you can get out of the fight. Come on, let's go. <laughs> he says, uh, uh, he fell on his face and he prayed. Say, I will be focused. For many of you right now, watch me, you cannot let fear, anxiety, and panic steal your focus. Because when, watch me, instead of praying, you're complaining instead of giving it to God, you're giving it to people on FaceTime and Zoom that don't know what to do with it know how. Are y'all ready? Let's go. And look at what he says. My father, notice, he asks. Because even in his humanity, he did not get dishonorable. There's a lot of Christians that when you feel in your emotions and when you feel like you are having a rough day, you get dishonorable, which means you got to stay in detention. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm a person of honor. I'm a per-. He doesn't say, hey, you need to let me up out of this. No. He says, my father, if it's possible. What does he do? He asks. He doesn't tell. Because you do not dictate. You do not dictate to one that's over you. You ask. Let this cup pass from me. What cup? The cup I'm about to drink. Because it's been one week of hell, but it's about to get, watch me, he knows, worse. Y'all ready? He says, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Here's his fortitude. And I need you to shout it with me. One, two, three. Nevertheless. One more game. Nevertheless. What does that mean? Never the lesser. Always the greater. When it's greater, watch me. When it's greater, you pay more. But if you pay later, you pay greater. Okay, go back, replay that, because some of y'all missed it. But right. he says, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, mm, he's like fortitude. I will myself to do this. Not as I will, but as you will. Look at me. Sometimes what you want ain't his will, and your want will get in the may of his will. Just because you want it doesn't mean it's his will. Can I be honest? There's a lot of stuff. Can we have an honest conversation? There's a lot of stuff in our lives that we've wanted that weren't his will. And when it didn't go the way we wanted to, we got mad at him and we never submitted and said, well, God, what is your will concerning this? Because maybe what I want ain't your will. Maybe what I want is at too low of an altitude. Can we keep talking, y'all? Let's go. So look, verse 40. And he came to the disciples and found them what? Sleeping! Now listen, who poured all night? He did. He's poured for hours, and they sleep. Sometimes what will frustrate you with people, can we have an honest conversation? Is they haven't done an eighth of what you've done, yet they acting like they tired. Can we talk? And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said, watch me. He only says something to Peter. Why? Because Peter's getting ready to be elevated to a new altitude. He doesn't check everybody. He checks the one that should have been responsible. And some of y'all need to hear me. Stop saying, well, why you didn't say nothing to so-and-so? Why you didn't say nothing to so-and-so? They're not going to a new altitude. You are. So the reason you had to get checked is because you're the one that's headed higher. I need you to stop putting yourself in the same category as other people. Well, why you didn't say nothing to them? Well, why you didn't do that to them? They're not going where you're going. He only checked Peter and said, could you not watch with me for one hour? He's like, I'm praying. I needed y'all to be looking out because Judas is looking for me. I needed y'all to be ready because Judas is looking for me. So look at verse 41. But can I give you a point? Fortitude doesn't wait on others. Some of y'all say, as soon as so-and-so get their part together, you better learn how to make it happen and stop waiting on everybody else to get their stuff together. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I need you to type this on the screen. I'm not waiting on anybody. Matter of fact, can we just can we just can we just go who for a minute? I need you to type this on the screen. And say, I ain't waiting on nobody. I- Let's go. If I had some hair, I I would imagine. (laughs) Watch me. Look, 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 look. Jesus is like, I still made it happen even though you weren't watching. Look at verse 41. Watch and pray that you may not enter in temptation. We're almost done, y'all. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 42. A second time he went and prayed. Somebody say, this is serious. Second time he went and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it. Your will be done. What is he talking about drinking? He ain't talking about drinking, drinking. He's talking about, I have to have the fortitude to deal. I've already had a week of hell, and it's about to get real dark. And if it's possible, sir, can I opt out? But look at me. If he opts out, then you and I lose out. Your fortitude today is what's going to pave the way for somebody else. You better hear me. What you do today is, think about it. Think about it. You're receiving the word today. But you're receiving the word today because a whole lot of people, inclusive of myself, had to give God a yes. Our fortitude to press years ago. It's why you're able to get a word today. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. I need you to hear me. This thing is bigger than you. Because when you're at a new altitude, what happens? People can see you. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. When you're at a new altitude, so when you're down ground level, nobody sees you. But as you begin to go to a new altitude, people can see you. And God says, what you need the fortitude for, it's bigger than you. Can I get you to open your mouth and say, this is bigger than me? So listen, we're almost done. He says... He says, if it's possible, I won't do it. Verse 43, and he came. You'd think they'd get it together and found them sleeping. For their eyes were what? Heavy, which means they couldn't see nor sense what was going on. See, part of having fortitude means you have to sometimes be around people who cannot see nor sense what's going on with you. They're looking at you but don't see you. You ready? And I need you not to even be mad. Because this is your process. Come on. This is your fortitude. And I need you to just type it like we sang it earlier. Say, and I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Matter of fact, let's fix that. Say, I am winning. Come on, we'll speak that. I, I, need, uh-uh, I need you to act like you mean it. Say, I am, I am winning. So here it is. Verse 44. So leaving them again, he went away. Watch me. I didn't get here on Friday. You ready? And prayed a third time. Saying the same words. There's a principle in Scripture called the law of witness. which means whenever you see something two or three times, that means pay attention to it because it's trying to communicate something to you. You cannot glaze over. It's the law of witness. So it witnesses to itself about itself. Watch. Take this out. He prayed the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed. Into the hand of sinners. Translation, I'm about to be treated like an Egyptian firstborn son. So that you all can live, so that you all can enjoy Zoe life and life more abundantly. So here's the next thing I need to give you about fortitude. I only got one more point after that. Fortitude follows instructions. Even if they're hard to follow. You miss me. This was a hard instruction because, because literally they are about to crucify God in the flesh. And you know what he says? He says, all right, this is what it is. See, look at me. Some of you have prayed that it'd be easier and it, and it hasn't gotten easier. And so you're sitting here waiting on it to get easier when instead you need to have fortitude. I think it was JFK that said, don't pray for easier battles. Pray to be stronger men. Something like that. Take the point out. Here's the deal. Say, I have fortitude. Whatever you're facing, God, watch me. You wouldn't be facing it unless you could handle it. Whatever you're encountering, look at me. Because somebody's watching me from a hospital bed. And you're saying, but Bishop, you don't know what I'm dealing with. But I speak fortitude in that hospital room. I speak health in that hospital room. I speak to your respiratory system. I command it to regulate. I speak to your lungs. I command them to regulate. You shall live and not die. Open your mouth and say it with me. You shall live and not die. So watch. Look at this last point. He says, watch. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. You ready? Verse 46. Let's get up, y'all. And let's... Keep it moving. My betrayer is at hand. Look at me. Here's the last thing fortitude does. And here's what you got to do after today's message. Fortitude keeps it moving. Watch me. He ain't sorrowful now. He doesn't feel like dying now. He's not grieved now. Why? Because since he had the fortitude to focus and to pray, And to give his issue to God. That's what the Bible says. Cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. Because he had that fortitude. Now he's cool. And he's got courage. Maybe you don't remember the definition. So let me run that back. Let me run that back. Can I run that back? Because maybe you don't remember. Fortitude. Here it is. The firmness of mind. I will myself to do it even if wrong is coming. I will myself to do right, even if wrong is coming. And it enables me to encounter danger with coolness and courage. I can bear pain without adversity, or, or, or an adversity without murmuring, without depression, without despondency. Jesus says, all right, I'm over my emotional moment. And I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but right now needs to be where you say, all right, I'm over it. I'm over my emotional moment. I'm over my fear. I'm over my anxiety. And I'm over my panic. I need everybody to open your mouth and type it on the screen. And say, I'm over it. I'm over it. Jesus says, come on, y'all. He's cool, now. Nah. Now, look, I'm good, now. Nah. You're like, come on, y'all get up. Let's go. Judas is, is here. And if you keep reading, I don't have time to read. If you keep reading, you'll see. Encounter Judas. And you know what Jesus says to him? Friend. hmm <laughs> Oh, God. He says, friend, don't y'all put the verses up. If you, okay, leave that one. But if y'all start flowing with me, I'm going to preach all these other verses. Friend, do what you came to do. I got fortitude, which means it is what it is. But what you think is going to take me out is going to be what sets me up. So do what you got to do. One of my favorite movies is what's love got to do with it and there's a scene in the movie where ike turner comes upstairs tina's getting ready to have a concert and ike turner comes upstairs when ike turner comes upstairs he comes up and he lifts up his shirt and he's got a gun and tina watch me she don't lose her cool because she's got fortitude you know why i've already beaten this i've already overcome this i've got fortitude you know what she says so what you gonna do ike? And that's what some of y'all need to do. You keep getting nervous. You keep getting scared. You need to say, well, what you gonna do? I need to know what you gonna do so I can do what I'm gonna do. And if you don't hurry up and tell me, I'm gonna keep it moving. I'm gonna keep it mo- I'm gonna keep it moving. She <laughs> says, so what you gonna do? You gonna pistol with me? Shoot me? And she gets up. I just standing there. She gets up, turns around, got all that hair. And she walks down the stairs and looks at him. In essence to say, Ike, you've put me through hell. Let me, tra- let, me, let me clarify. I allowed you. Ooh, that's right there for somebody. I allowed you to put me through hell, Ike. She said, but listen, this right here, listen, I got four to two. And I'm going to keep it moving. Well, Bishop, they furloughed me. Keep it moving. Bishop, they don't want to give me the relationship. Keep it moving. Bishop, I just feel like giving up. Keep it moving. Bishop, I feel depressed. You better. Watch, 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 watch. Can I give you one more verse? And I'm out of time for the 915. You better stay tuned to that 1115. Last week <laughs> turned into a, to a whole nother message. Similar but not the same. Here's verse 56. Let me tell you why you need fortitude. Because it gets worse. All this had to take place. I need you to open your mouth and say, it had to happen like that. Even if it was unnecessary, God made it useful. Because that was the only way you were going to listen. Somebody open your mouth and say, it had to happen like that. Today, I need you to make peace with your past. Make peace with your failures. Make peace with your mistakes. Make peace with what it is today. Say, it had to happen like that. What's the next verse? Part of the verse. Then, the next part of the verse. Then all the disciples left him and fled. So they carry him away. They flog him. They beat him. They put a crown of thorn on his head. They put the cross. He's got to carry his own cross. And he's doing it all by him. Self to every single mama, stop complaining. I know it's not fair. I understand that. To every single father, I know it's not fair. To everybody dealing with health challenges, I know you exercised and you did everything. I know. But I speak fortitude into you. Because watch me, Jesus, He kept on going and He dealt with them and they crucified Him. And you wanna know what the Bible says? Darkness covers the whole land. And when darkness covers the land, He yields up his soul, and he says, it is finished. My fortitude made me finish. Let me tell everybody in here who's a starter, but you don't finish anything. Can I tell you what you lack? Fortitude. I speak fortitude in you that this year and this decade, you wouldn't just start and not finish, but you would be a finisher. Open your mouth and say, I am a finisher. Here it is, y'all. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. He says, it is finished. He dies. His body does. He gives up the ghost. And for three days and three nights, it looks like all of his fortitude was for nothing. You ever felt like all that fighting was for nothing? I need you to open your mouth and say, this, say it's about to be worth it. Come on. So, day one, nothing. Day two, nothing. The only three people that were there at the cross, by the way, But Mary, his mama, John, the beloved, and Mary Magdalene. Everybody else left him. You miss me. Everybody else left God. So in his worst moment, he has to suffer in solitude. I need you not to be mad if folks disappear. It's to teach you fortitude. There's some new people on the way that, watch me, that are going to celebrate you. Ah, I need you to open your mouth and say, I got, I got some new on the way. So here it is, day one, nothing. Day two, nothing. I got to quit. I'm out of time. Day three. Bible says, three days, three nights. On Sunday morning, 2,000 years ago, they go saying, you know what? We're going to go check on him, anoint him. He gone." We had a good run, though. Look at me. What a good three and a half years that was. Some of you, you think it's over and it ain't. It ain't for everybody, not for everything, but it's for somebody and something. And on Sunday morning, they go, and there's an angel there, and the angel looks like a man. So they have a conversation and said, hey, who are you looking for? Are you looking for Jesus? Because guess what? he's not here he is risen what got him up fortitude what's about to get you up fortitude what's about to get you up fortitude what's about to make this time the world is going through some of the best days of your life Fortitude. What's going to make you come out of quarantine and social distancing better than you were when you went in? Fortitude. I need you to open your mouth and say, Lord, give me fortitude. Release a praise across America and around the world right there. But well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately
0: Experiences are what people love the most about travel.